Welcome to the Foothills Wellness Retreat Podcast, where we discuss the next Foothills Wellness Retreat, interview presenters, and share with you wellness opportunities here in the Foothills community. I'm Dr. Jared McCollum, and our co-host is Lisa Moraz, the founder and director of the Foothills Wellness Retreat. All right, well, welcome everyone to the Foothills Wellness Retreat Podcast. I'm Dr. Jared McCollum, and today I'm joined with uh, Charlotte Lamenda and Charlotte's a medium, aren't you, Charlotte? I am. I am. <laughs> and I, again, I've, I, I don't, I've done tarot. I've done, you know, sat down, had some mini readings, but I can't say I've ever uh, worked with a medium before. So this is exciting to have a chat with you. And uh, I'm really, you know, excited to see how, this fits into like a group experience that's going to be, ha- you're going to be joining us at the mini retreat coming up on in March. And uh, I'm really excited to hear it. So can you share with us, you know, I, I assume this isn't something that someone just picks up and goes to school for. This is something you have to be called to or have some experience. Can can you share your journey with us? Yeah. Um, well, you know, just, just briefly, um, when I was 34, I was um, going through a rough patch and I, uh, in my world, and I was going to go and visit my grandparents who got uh, in a very bad car accident. And I had a, what I now know was a near-death experience. And in that moment, um, I remember going into the ambulance and then that was it. Like it was... I. I remember my body floating above the accident and being able to see everything down below, knowing, oddly enough, knowing that my body was in the ambulance. And I was surrounded by this white and golden light, and I just felt so at peace, so at peace and so light and just euphoria. Like, I didn't even know what that word meant, to be honest with you. But, um, but then I heard a man's voice say that it wasn't my time. And so I went, the next thing I, the next thing that I know, I woke up, I was in the hospital and I had been um, wrapped up in bandages looking like a Christmas present for, I think it was a day. And uh, so I had that experience, came home. I was just in that state of mind, looking for that love, that intense love that I felt in that moment above the accident. And Everything had changed for me. Everything was love. I know it sounds weird, but I could I can't explain it any other way. Then four months after that, I had a stroke, and the stroke affected the um, the left side. I was partially paralyzed on the left side, and then all of a sudden, things really started to to change. I just really started to pick up on energies around me, and I didn't even know that that's what was going on, uh, as well as the heightened sensitivities that I was experiencing within myself. And then just being, you know, just like I said, just being out in public and just couldn't understand where all of this, this stuff was coming from. It was overwhelming. And then uh, I went to go and see a famous medium, uh, Margaret Davenport in Calgary. And she had told me that this was uh, this is what was going on. Um, I was a medium. I was hearing voices. I was seeing, seeing the shadows, seeing the, seeing spirits. And so that's how that all began <laughs> for me. Wow. It, it's, it's, yeah, it was, it, 
it was intense. Yeah, <laughs> I would say so. And then I guess you're like, okay, now I have this. I need to do something with it. <laughs> I need to share it. Well, and, and yeah, and you know what? Like, what was beautiful about that was, um, I, you know, I it, it's it's just amazing how the universe works for me. It was like in hindsight, and just knowing everything that I've learned since then. So that's been probably. Like I said, 34 was when I had the accident. It was years later that so many things were happening that I, and then I finally met Margaret Davenport and she just kind of clarified what was going on with me because I seriously thought I was going nuts, honest mm-hmm, to God. Mm-hmm. And I don't even like saying that, but I just didn't really know what was going on. But, you know, in hindsight, it makes sense to me why I was so drawn to mediums growing up. I remember watching some of the famous ones, Sylvia Brown. Um, you know, just, and then, uh, John Edwards was another one that I, I used to watch, but I never used to, I, I never could understand why I was so fascinated by it. And then I started to experience it within myself. So it, it really kind of clarified to me that it sat with me knowing that I think that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I think that I'm supposed to be helping people. And the ball just kind of started rolling from, from then I would be out in public out and about doing my chores. And then all of a sudden spirit would be coming through and nudging me to give this person that I'm standing, this complete stranger that I'm standing in front of a message. And I, it, the, the, the feeling was so immense and so intense that I had no choice, but to just gently say to the person, look, I, I think I have your, your grandma here. <laughs> and I would give the message off. And the majority of the time, I don't think I had a negative feedback at all. They would be so grateful. Sometimes they would start crying because they needed to hear from, from their loved one. And I thought, well, that feels pretty darn wonderful considering that's what I experienced when I was above. And then now that I'm down here and I can have the opportunity to share with loved ones and let them know that they're, or, you know, share from spirit to their loved ones, knowing that, you know, you don't just fall into the earth and then, you know, your body you know, it, it isn't just what most people might think it is. It's much mm. more incredible and beautiful mm. uh, after we pass. Wow. You know, it's it's interesting. I've read on, you know, new theories of consciousness and how the brain works. And some neuroscientists are questioning is, is the brain more of a receiver? You know, like, is it, a, is it an organ that receives consciousness? Is it a, uh, like... You know, consciousness isn't like necessarily stored in the brain. The org, the brain is an organ that is like the radio, and it tunes in yeah. and receives our consciousness. So, when people are mediums, is it you just have, you know, and and again, is it something that came on from the stroke and you're able to tune in more, or is it just some people have that gift and can and you? It just gets turned on all of a sudden. What's your opinion on that? I find that fascinating. Well, you know, i i I've tried to I've tried to figure it out myself, and I wish I could be one of those those mediums that that you know just woke up and and or or whatever and can can give their reasons for it. And I and I love all of them. I really do. I appreciate and respect all of them. For myself, I feel like I've always. Once I had that moment of feeling that intense color and that, like I said, that white light and the yellow surrounding me and then the voice, I remember going back to my childhood 
after understanding what I was going through. And I remember specific moments where it resonated with me. So for just one example, I remember uh, sitting in my uh, a vehicle and it was pitch black and I was sitting just perfectly below the interior light of the vehicle where this beautiful white and yellow light of the interior light, like I was, I would have been about eight at this time, was surrounding my head completely. And I remember in that moment, years later, because I'm like 52, so mm-hmm. years later, that memory came back to me and I thought, well, that's interesting because that's what I experienced. And then I remember being at a, at a funeral or a, actually at um, uh, a family member. Uh, one of my family members was um, unfortunately murdered. And I was very young again at that age. I, I would have been about seven or eight, very close. And I remember having this intense feeling that something didn't sit right. Something felt really, really off to me at that age. And just shortly after, I don't know what was going on. And then somebody had come into my room and said, you know, they didn't exactly tell me what was going on. I was, again, so young. But they said, something's happened. I have to leave. I will be close by or I'll be right back. Yada, yada. That was it. That was all. And then I found out later um, the next day that my favorite aunt had been um, poisoned. And then, so following that, we went to the funeral and the feeling in the, like in, not the, not the funeral, but the uh, wake in the room where we, all of, all of my aunt's family were, I felt this energy and I couldn't, again, again, I'm eight years old. I don't know what the crap this is. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm, I can feel this. I can see, I don't know what it is, but it feels off. And then all of a sudden, the clock, this massive clock dropped in the space that we were in as we were, you know, mourning the loss of my aunt. And my body went completely numb because part of me was afraid of what just happened. And part of me knew what just happened. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, you know what I mean? Like it was, and I feel like, uh, a lot of us are, I think we're all born with the ability, but I do feel like some experiences might have, you know, frightened us to mm-hmm. the point of, I never want to experience that again, or, you know, w- whatever it is for them. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I probably went way off subject, but I feel like I've always had this. So, I, but I feel like I needed the accident mm-hmm. to kind of, to change yeah. directions for me because I was going down the wrong path, number one. Number two was um, the stroke, having the stroke and having that part of, um, you know, my my brain, yeah, mm-hmm. affected. But it opened up that, in, that creative side of me that was stagnant for so long yeah. because of a couple of moments that might have caused me to be afraid to, exp- you know, explain or discuss with anyone at that time at such a young age. So I, I suppressed it for quite some time and it, it opened up again. It's really interesting how, you know, if we go back, you know, uh, you know, not even, you know, 2000 years, you know, most cultures, if you showed those signs and those gifts when you're younger, you probably would have been mm-hmm. trained as, as a shaman or, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you would have, mm-hmm. those gifts would have been strengthened and you would have been given tools and taught how to do mm-hmm. those things to, mm-hmm. you know, to use them to the benefit of the community. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. 
and I would understand as a child, not, you know, heck, if I was a child and stuff like that, I was raised very, you know, uh, strict religion where, you know, everyone would have thought I was possessed if I discussed mm-hmm. anything like that. And I would have gotten in a lot of trouble. <laughs> so I can totally yes, understand I, as a child hiding that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like that's exactly it. You know, the more that I learn about my own self and, um, it, it, you know, I, I, I've, I've delved into so many different modalities when I realized what was going on. And then I started to read up on energy and I, I did start to like, I don't like to put religion on it because, you know, I feel like I was, I was baptized Christian. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for me to talk about anything like that would be like poo poo, you yeah, know, <laughs> like, yeah. Go to your room. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I think, see, this is where I think it's really interesting because I think there's a difference between, uh, you know, like, so shamanism, mediumship, animism, this, this, this like spirit connecting with energy and the ancestors and, you know, yeah. those things, mm-hmm. it's, it's experiential. So it's mm-hmm. not based off mm-hmm. faith. It's not based off religion. It's not something you have to believe. Mm-hmm. It's something that anyone mm-hmm. can experience. And it's not yeah, something absolutely. that can be controlled mm-hmm. by religion. I do think mm-hmm. they take advantage of spirit at times and use mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. you know, gain their means or gain control. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. they don't have a monopoly on spirit and those, those feelings, do they? Well, and, and like for me, you know what? It all comes down. I've... I've actually come to the last like I'm forever growing and I love it and evolving but I've Mm -hmm. always believed in love so when I had like love is love yeah love is love no there's no differentiating there's nothing it is just plain old love and I feel like when I had that experience of the euphoria and the light and that and that voice that said you know it's it's not your time you need to go back you know, I I had to. I, I was sitting here trying to define it and 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 process and think and all of that stuff. And then finally, it wasn't until I just surrendered and just felt felt the divine. And divine can mean various things to different people, but for me, exactly. it's love. Mm-hmm. It is love. It is the connection to the higher beings that we all are. Nobody is better than anyone else. I never claim to be better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. I'm just like everybody else with the exception that maybe I tap into this a little bit more. I choose to because I enjoy doing it. I I love doing it, Mm -hmm. but I do feel like we are all the same. We are all love. We are all above as as above, so below. So Mm -hmm. that, that, so that's, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about that. It's interesting. I, you know, I've been practicing acupuncture for almost two decades now. And so again, I'm very attuned with energy and, you know, treating it and moving it and all that. But it wasn't until, and of course I've had spiritual experiences even in my faith before I left it. But, uh, I don't know, was it five years ago? I think five years ago was the first time I used magic mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what you're describing, that, that, that feeling of just love and connection and all of that. The first time I used mushrooms and each time I use them, it's, there is that like this, wow, like it's all love. We are all connected. Mm-hmm. 
you know, mm-hmm. we're not separate. And, you know, <laughs> you know, you understand why for years, you know, all the hippies have been saying, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, do the mushrooms and drop out, right? <laughs> it gives well, you that feeling, right? It is very real, isn't it? And like, you know, yes, it is. Absolutely. And there are moments when I, like, I can't even describe everything to me is love. So, and it, it, this is where I'm at. Like, I'm, so right now I'm sitting in my environment. So I'm sitting in my, um, my home or my, yeah, my home. And, you know, I wake up in the morning god awful hours sometimes but um and i look at my plants just for an example i will step out of bed and it's instantaneous not all the time i'm not perfect nobody is there's mm-hmm. no such thing but i wake up and i go it's just that immense feeling of putting my feet on the ground taking that big deep breath and just feeling the love before i've even moved out of my bedroom and then i go into my room in my living room and i just appreciating that that energy, that, that vibe, that, that love feeling with my plants, like everything. And that sets the tone for my day. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it, like, it's people can tap into it. Absolutely. I, it, it there isn't, there is no judgment on how you get there. It's, mm-hmm. it's my, my feeling is if you come from love to get to more love, then to me, I, like I said, I cannot say otherwise because I know what that feels like. It's just that is something that needs to be shared. That's what we need to be focusing on. Mm. Like it's just spreading more of it and coming from a place of, of integrity and, and just honesty and authenticity. Yeah. Like uh, it's all relative, all mm. relative. That's so cool. So when you... You know, when you're, do you term it as readings? What, what what term do you use when you work with someone with your mediumship? Well, you know, so this is so lovely because just before I had talked to you, I was so, and again, I don't like coming from ego and I don't even like talking, coming from the I space. Uh-huh. Um, but for me, the way that spirit moves and works through me, with me, for me, is, you know, I do cross, I do speak with their loved ones. I will connect with their loved ones. Their loved ones will show me. So their loved ones on the other side will show me uh, specific things that um, they're doing here. So uh, like maybe I'm using the wrong term, but, uh, their loved one on the other side will show me something that the sitter, the person in front of me, is yeah. is doing right now. And sometimes, if it's relevant to spirit, that whatever the information is, they need to uh, convey to their to the sitter in front of me. They use me in every way, shape, and form. So that could be people call it psychic, people call it mediumship, people call it remote viewing. You can put as many labels on it as you want, but if spirit is wanting me to use me to connect with their, you know, their, their loved one here, then I just tell them, what do you need me to let them know? Mm-hmm. That's it. 
So however we need to work this, <laughs> that's what we're going to do. You can use me for the time that I'm with your loved one. Yeah. So however that looks. So yes, it might be. And sometimes um, their loved one, like, so uh, spirit will give me uh, something specific like jewelry uh, that, that they know the sitter received after their passing or mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. they pass. Or it might be, you know, maybe a favorite time when they were younger, a book that spirit used to read to the sitter uh, when they were when they were children. Or maybe it is something to do with um, just some closure uh, for the sitter and the spirit, um, mm-hmm. because maybe they had a disagreement, or maybe the sitter wasn't able to connect with their loved one before they physically passed over, and there's so much regret and so much hurt, or maybe there's anger that's still unresolved. All of that stuff comes to the for- like comes to the forefront when the sitter sits in front of me. So I'm, when I'm sitting in front of a group of people, and uh, spirit comes through, they utilize me in any way, shape, or form to get the point across that they are with, in fact, their their loved one sitting in front of me in the group. Mm. Do you understand? Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Cool. So and it, yeah, and it is. I mean. You know, and and I try to tell people as well that based on what I've learned and stuff that I have channeled from the other side is when the sitter is healing down here, the loved one on the other side who's crossed over heals as well. Mm -hmm. But so it's, it's, yeah, it, it, like I said, as above, so below. So it's a whole, everything is I believe that we, like, again, you know, it's just, it's all energy yeah. and it all comes from love. So but I, if there's healing messages, yeah. that it, it, it all comes from love. So if yeah. there's healing messages, then, then that's the bottom. So I, I will pass those on to the sitter hmm. um, at that time. Yeah. So I have a couple, I have just some curious questions I'm going to ask you. Yeah, when, absolutely. When, uh, so and again, this is just from like things I read. So sometimes if, uh, so if a spirit has truly passed on and done their thing, you know, like, is, is it, can you contact all of the, all, you know, any spirit or is it just those that are still lingering around, they have something to, to work with or I don't know. Cause you know, I've, I've read things sometimes, you know, if a family member is struggling and they've had some soul loss and part of them is, you know, somewhere in the spirit realm and, uh, you know, then a part of their family member is sitting there with that soul loss, that part of them, you know, kind of watching them. And then once they kind of heal, then they move on. Like, is there, is there a, de- is, is there a delineation or separation between those that are like still kind of among us? And then those that have gone on to the spilt realm, do you communicate to both? I'm, I, I know this is totally yeah, off topic. I'm just super curious. No. Um, so, so there's a couple of things what I find truly wonderful and, and incredibly amazing that, and again, you know, um, my experience was, um, I, I, very similar question. There was a lady that had her uh, ex-husband who was in the hospital. So they hadn't been communicating because they were, you know, uh, divorced. Mm-hmm. But she had gotten, like, they still had a, um, a relationship because they had children. Um, but she had found out that her ex-husband was in the hospital and um, it didn't look good. 
So she reached out to me because she kind of knew what I was doing. She wasn't 100% sure. And she even said, she goes, I don't know if you can help me or not. She goes, um, my husband is, or my ex-husband is in the hospital. Um, they don't know uh, if he's going to make it or not. And I said, well, I don't, you know, I'm not too sure if I can or I've, I've never been asked. So, so he, he was just unconscious? Said, yeah, like he was, uh, I, I honestly don't know what was going on. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't remember what happened with him to get him into the hospital, but yeah, he was still, he was, he was still, uh, he was kind of wavering back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I now know from yeah. the other side to here. So he wasn't quite ready to leave, mm-hmm. but I, I, I sat with his energy. And so, and this is what I, uh, when I'm saying that, you know, spirit will talk to me. So I heard his voice and his voice came through very clearly and he sat me down and he just wrote out what he wanted her to know. And what he wanted her, her, like their two boys to know as well, so that he could pass without mm. having any of that, mm-hmm. that um, unfinished uh, communication left. Yeah. And it wasn't, I, I do believe it was about two weeks after that reading that I, that he had passed. So I passed on that information to her and she could validate the information that he was providing to me. And so I believe that she passed it on to her two boys because her two boys, I don't believe they were here at the time. I think they were out of the country. Mm-hmm. And then it was two weeks later that he had, he had passed. Yeah. I, I, so, um, and uh, so I feel like, yes, he stuck around because, and I believe that he actually reached, like he orchestrated everything before he left. So he managed to get her to call me. Hmm. Like it, yeah. from the like, just from going in and out of that consciousness and going in and out of that state of crossing over, coming back, crossing over, coming back. He really wanted. To, I I believe he wanted to resolve those issues before he did finally cross over. And I do believe it helped him heal. It definitely helped her heal. She was beside herself with yeah, yeah. with tears just to to be able to tell the boys and and share that information. And the same was with uh, my brother. Uh, when he had he had taken his life, and yes, he was. Um, I do believe uh, I, I can't remember what they call it. What is it? Purgatory, mm-hmm. where they're kind of in the yeah in the transitional stage. Yeah. Um, so I, from my own experience, um, you know, when my brother, like I said, he he took his life, but he he was the one that guided me. He was the one that was talking to me uh, after we had found him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was talking to me. He was communicating with me from the other side, which again, I was not sure what that was all about, but I could hear him. I could see him. He was showing me his himself. He, he was, he was playing jokes on me. He was unplugging things, um, that I know that he was doing. Cause my, I asked, I called my kids out on it and they didn't have a clue what I was talking about. And it was just <laughs> me and, you know, my kids were thought, they honestly thought that I was just going through a really rough time. And I was, you know, cause it's my brother and stuff, but yeah. All of these, all of these things, my brother from the other side, and yes, I do feel that he wanted to kind of uh, let my parents know that his soul was at rest, even though he chose to um, cross over before, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that way. And uh, it did help because right after we had found him, we gathered at my sister's and my stepmom was obviously, well, our whole family was devastated, but it was her and I in the kitchen. And I remember 
her being so overwhelmed and she, and I shared with her my experience. And again, I didn't have a clue what was going on in my world. I had no idea. But I remember looking at her and telling her, Colin showed me himself standing with his arms wide open and surrounded by this beautiful golden white light. And he wanted me to let her know that. So she, because she was Christian too. So she had, mm-hmm. you know, those, those beliefs, Yeah. but it also gave him that peace to let her know that he was going to a a place of love. Mm -hmm. He was going to a place of peace. And it's unfortunate the way that had all been orchestrated and and how that all happened. Uh, However, I, from what I saw and what he shared with me, he still went to the other side. Right. So, and maybe that was what he needed to, and maybe, you know, that's why he needed to give his, or let what he had to do to let his soul rest and let my parents' mm-hmm. soul be a, a little, little bit more at rest. Wow. Fascinating. Okay. So yeah. uh, I won't, I won't keep you too much longer, but the other question I have is how do you, how do you carry out a mediumship or a reading in, in a group? I'm, I'm really curious on how this is going to happen in the mini retreat. Can you share that with us? Yeah. So what I tend to do in larger groups, is I will let spirit guide me to where I, or where they want me to go. And so what I'll do is I'll just kind of, kind of hover. I get kind of a, a little nudge. Spirit will kind of direct me over to the area, make me look over in the area. And I'll have an I, an idea that I'm with, you know, the left side of the room, the middle of the room, the right side of the room. I feel like I'm over here. And then I'll get um, evidence about three or four pieces five pieces of evidence coming forward to let me know that I'm, you know, I, my body is physically where it's supposed to be. So spirit can sit here and, and uh, get kind of an alignment with the sitter and the sitter can sit here and, and take the information and I'll go, okay, so now I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And that kind of separates everybody else. And so now I know yeah. <laughs> this is where I'm supposed to be and we're going to deal with you. And this is your grandma. And this is what, you know, and I'll just give off some information. It's usually about 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 10 to 15 minutes mm. that I'll be staying with the one person. Yeah. And I will um, pass on validating information uh, from the sitter. And there will be times when other people, because, I mean, it is a small world, but it's not that small. I mean, there's a lot of commonalities, but I try to differentiate specific, specific things uniquely to the sitter and to the spirit so then i can kind of gravitate and sometimes i do kind of pivot back and forth between the two sitters because i've got two spirits so i just kind of go back and forth but for the most part the message well all the time the message is the commonality the reason why the two spirits are coming together or or you know presenting at the same time i might have landed on one specific person and i might have been sitting with them for about 10 minutes but then all of a sudden, this other spirit will pop in, and I'll be talking to another sitter. So I'll kind of incorporate the other sitter into the reading. So now I've got two sitters in front of me, and I've got two spirits. But the <laughs> commonality, mm-hmm. but the commonality is the message. Yeah. For the most, the commonality is because there's a similar message that both of those sitters who may not know each other, but spirit works together on the other side. There is no, there is no left or right or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. It, they're all one above. So if there's a message that needs to be given to the one sitter down here that's relevant for the sitter right beside her, mm-hmm. that's how spirit works. Oh, neat. Huh. So it's, it's quite beautiful how 
spirit will orchestrate everything. And I seriously, I just sit there and trust that I trust spirit to drive the, to drive the ship. Mm-hmm. So somebody's listening and they're like, I had experiences similar. I, you know, I want to know more. How, how does someone, uh, train or strengthen those abilities in themselves? Any, any suggestions? I teach. So when I'm teaching my mediumship classes and the newbies, those are the ones that were exactly like me that thought they were actually losing their mind, honestly, because it, you know, I mean, that is what it feels like, but it is that you're, you're, you know, you're just tapping into other energies. And so I tell them, start to pay attention. First and foremost, bring yourself to the present moment. So I tell my students, like, you know, when you're, from the next time you're out in Walmart and it's Christmas and you need to run in to get a thing of tape, instead of going a little bit crazy because you're picking up on all that energy, I want you to try to bring it down. Bring your energy down. So really focus on your breath. So just really take those nice cleansing breaths. And then I want you to really start to pay attention to everything around you. Get it quiet. Get almost into that meditative state. As you're standing in line in Walmart, get into that meditative state of mind and really start to be present. So what are you hearing? What are you feeling? What are you seeing? And then you'll bring your energy down. And even when I'm doing my reading, I tell people, and I share, I, I will be in the energy and I'll tell them and I'll just drop my energy and you can feel it. It is absolutely palpable. Hmm. And then I'll tell them if, if let's say they are seeing things already, let's say they are hearing voices already. So now that they've brought that, you know, they're in that present moment, start asking questions, start asking those inside voice questions, having that inner dialogue. So if, if, they're ha- if they are clairvoyant and they're, they're having a communicator and they can hear that it's, they know it's not their voice, mm-hmm. start talking to them in that third-party voice, mm-hmm. okay. recognizing, even if it is one small word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's the same thing when, when you're doing clair- clairvoyance and when you're seeing things. Mm-hmm. Show me. Yeah. Like when you're in that, in that, in that low state of mind, Show me more. Yeah. I would imagine that, you know, you know, I just picture spirits just walking around Walmart, just trying to see if any, like they're like calling out or talk, trying to talk to everyone, just trying to see if there's anyone anywhere that hears them. And I would imagine that if, if you stop and you're like, I can hear you, you know, with your inner voice. And all of a sudden they're like, you can hear me. And then, (laughs) and then they're. And then if you listen, then that comes over time. It might be really low or very quiet, but with practice, like with anything, right? Absolutely. It's a muscle. It is absolutely a muscle. And like I said before, we are all born with the muscle. Mm -hmm. We are all born with that muscle, that other, you know, that connecting to the other side muscle. We all have it. But it's exactly like you said, though. Spirit does recognize those that are more sensitive. They see the energy, they feel the energy, and they gravitate to it. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't know that you are that, you know, it, it, you're right. We could go on another hour. About <laughs> stuff, I'm but, sure we could. Yes, <laughs> honestly. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, like I said, I, when you work 
when and I tell people this, so I'll, I'll kind of start to wrap it up here. Mm-hmm. But I people ask me, you know, what about dark energies? And I tell them, you know, when I was first opened up to what was going on with my world, um, and you know, the voices and seeing things and feeling things and all of that stuff, that was my concern as well. I was like, I like, I don't want to deal with that. I do mm-hmm. not want to deal with that. And I had somebody say to me. And I've learned this myself with my own boundaries, as above, so below. So if you can set your boundaries down here, mm-hmm. you can set them for the other side as well. Yeah. So I did say, and I focus on light energy only. So I did say, you know, if you're of light, then you, I'll work with you. And these are my boundaries. You don't go into my bedroom. You don't bug me. <laughs> mm-hmm. You let me sleep at night. Yeah. I'll talk to you in the morning. So mm-hmm. like setting my boundaries with people on earth, helps me set boundaries with spirit and vice versa. <laughs> like if, if I can set boundaries with spirit on the other side, then they're teaching do... me to set boundaries yeah. down here. Oh, that's super cool. So, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, n- it is, it's, now it's you got amazing. me totally fascinated. I'm super excited. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, and I, I'm super excited too. I, I'm very grateful for the opportunity and I'm absolutely very excited. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it, and uh, I know uh, uh, a lot of people are really interested. We're going to love this conversation and what's come up, and I hope those listening join us uh, on March uh, the 5th on Sunday, and it's uh, from 12.30 to 5, and you know, uh, coming and hearing Charlotte uh, um, do this, I think, is going to be absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Jer. I appreciate it. And I will hopefully see you face to face. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks, everyone. 